L-O-P in the building. My life been a movie, I should have filmed it. Nicely with the pen game, pops taught me to spit game. Get your cameras ready, we heavy catch when I'm in frame. Product, opinionated, but I'm coming through smooth with it. I be kicking back, you could Google it. Bring a block to the booth, he the truth, just another lane lock. I'm a Crown Heights legend, still repping the same block. Whoa. You are now listening to the Life of Product podcast. Yeah, what up, what up, man? It's the boy Product. You are now locked into the Life of Product podcast, episode six. I want to say thank you to everybody. Your support means the world to me. You guys are pushing the show. You guys are retweeting it, sharing it, uh, uh, liking it. All of your support is going to help this show go the way it needs to be, and I really thank you guys. So today, this is episode six. Um, I want to talk to you guys today about taking chances, and I think taking chances is a very important thing in life. And um, speaking from experience, I've lost out on great opportunities because I was afraid to take a chance. You know, sometimes we be uh we become so complacent and so comfortable in the things that we're already doing, we'll accept failure or we'll set up to accept failure. We'll, we'll be so comfortable that it would hurt more to put your best foot forward and to actually try what you really want to do in life. And it's something that I never really understood. It was something I didn't understand that I was actually doing myself. And this and this is real talk. I, I see people, you know, from the outside, it's easier to look than it is from the inside. So for years, there were things I wanted to do or needed to do, I just could not get there to that point to do it because I was afraid. I was afraid of failure. I was afraid to try it, spend the money to try it, spend the time to do it, and it not happen. And I can honestly say that is the worst attitude to have. You know what I'm saying? And a, a lot of people, they they have this attitude, well, if I don't try it, I can't set myself up for failure. I won't be disappointed. Fuck that shit. Do that shit. Do what you want to do. Set yourself up for a win. A lot of us set ourselves up for uh, a failure. You have to set yourself up uh, uh, to win. I said on a few uh, episodes back, fear has the ability to hurt other people. Guess what? Fear has the ability to hurt yourself because if you are afraid to do what you need to do, it's going to hurt you. It's going to hinder you. You're not going to get the way you need to be. That that goes for like anything. Like you you might uh you might want to get a, a, another job. You might be afraid to apply for it. You might want to get um a job that you need a certification for. You might be afraid to go back to school or to get that certification because school is hard for you. And I'm going to keep it real with y'all. The older you get, the harder school is going to get. I remember when I was in college years ago, there was a man and um really, really cool dude. I, I believe the man had just turned 40. Um, Very young looking for his age. Cool ass dude. And he was telling a lot of us that his job had just closed. And he was on his job, I believe, for like 15, 20 years. Yeah, I can't remember what the job was, but it was a great job. So what the other field of uh, interest that he had in life, he needed to get a degree for it or or whatever it was, certification degree, associate's degree, degree, I can't remember. But he knew how to do the job. He just needed that piece of paper. And at 40 years old, he got his ass up, went back to school, got it and. To my knowledge, the last time I saw the man, he was doing that. Now, it's not easy. It is. Imagine at 40 years old, you've already graduated high school. You had a career or a really good job for whatever years. It shuts down, and now you have to complete this obstacle. And for a lot of older people, that shit is not easy. 
and mentally and emotionally, emotionally as well. Emotionally, imagine you 40 years old sitting in a classroom with 18 and 19 year olds. These kids ain't even experienced life yet. And say if the subject is an algebra class and this shit comes natural to them and you're sitting there looking like, yo, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you graduated school years ago when the internet first started popping. So now you're looking like, yo, I don't know how to do this shit. But the that's the fear part is gonna kick in when that shit happens. Don't don't let the fear part don't let it kick in. You have to you gotta defeat that shit. You gotta take your fears, you gotta crumble that shit up and step on it. You gotta kick that shit out the door because you need to poke your chest out and and walk on some big grown man shit or grown woman shit. And and that's for real. Um I remember Steve Harvey said it, right? Steve Harvey, I I can't remember verbatim word for word what it was, but Steve Harvey said this a few years ago and the shit stuck with me. He said, "We'll go to the top of the mountain, we'll get all the way to the top, but we'll be afraid to jump off." What's the point of going all the way to the top of the mountain if you're not going to try and fly? You'll get there, you won't test your wings out. You you won't know if you could soar over this shit. You you might it might it, that that jump might be the change that you need that that jump off the mountain. You take that jump off the mountain. You start flying. You let your wings flap. You saw that shit might be the reason for generational wealth. It might be the the jump that changed your whole life. Everything leading up to that shit might be out the window. All of the pain you experienced, the bad experiences that you had, the life lessons that you had might be out the window. So Steve Harvey said it best, and I absolutely wholeheartedly understand it. I, I've experienced that shit, and I, and I, and I real talk, man, I, I wanted to, even with my podcast, I wanted to do the podcast uh, for a while now. I remember originally, <clears throat> originally, I was supposed to do a podcast, me, my cousin, and my homegirl Tiffany, we were supposed to do it, but our schedules were a little crazy. I had just recently moved to New Jersey, Tiffany was uptown, my cousin was back in Brooklyn. All three of us weren't in Brooklyn no more. So with that being said, and um, all of the life shit that I had going on, I couldn't really get my time to do boom, boom, boom. Um, my cousin's schedule was pretty much open on weekends. And I remember Tip- Tiffany was doing a lot. She was shooting videos. She was doing uh, radio commercials, a lot of things like that. So um, it was really hard for everybody to get kind of on track. Then I let a lot of life stuff after that really consume me. It cons- The stuff in life that I was going through, it consumed me so bad, I honestly didn't have the energy, the time, or the mojo to do it. My whole willpower for wanting to do everything at that point was out the window. And I literally I literally questioned myself multiple times saying, should I still keep doing this? Should I still keep bong, 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 pursuing shit or whatever? There was two situations that um pretty much solidified everything. So I remember, I remember <clears throat> excuse me, before my mother passed away, earlier this year, my mother stayed with me, God rest her soul. My mother stayed with me before she died. So my mother was in my kitchen and she said, you know what? You should do a podcast. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, oh shit, you know what? Damn, that's, that's that was a song for me right there. She said, you got the voice for it. You will be great. You, you have really great conversations. She said, you see things differently from a lot of people. You know what I mean? You're able to analyze things in ways that other people can't. So right there, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to fuck with the podcast. Just so I just need to wait. I was still a little discouraged for it, but that kind of opened my eyes to say, you know what, this is something that you might want to do. So I picked up my youngest son from school one day. We're chilling. But school was actually right around the corner. It was on my block, but the entrance was right around the corner. So we're walking home. So he goes, Dad, you should do a podcast one day. And I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck? You was talking to your grandmother? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it was like, you know what? This might be something in life that I need to do because 
I've always been the type of person, not to toot my own horn, but I've always been the type of person that tries to encourage people to get to the next level. And 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 speaking from experience, when I have these conversations with these, these people, I let them know I've done the same thing. Now, recently with me, with changes happening in my life and things like that, I'm able to try to encourage you guys as well. Like I said, Steve Harvey said, we will go to the top of the mountain and we will be so afraid to jump off. We'll lose our opportunities with that shit, man. One time years ago, when I first started rapping, not first started rapping because I started rapping when I was 12, but when I first started pursuing rapping, I had, uh, I was going to Wingate. I was going to high school in Brooklyn. Um, I moved to North Carolina the first time. Me and um, I finished high school. And me and my brother was grinding. We was going to radio stations. I had songs on the radio. I was doing shows. We drove back to New York. <clears throat> we were outside the fucking Def Jam building passing CDs out. And this is a real ass story. And I'm going to tell you about an opportunity that I had kind of missed out on. So um, when Joe Buttons used to be signed to Def Jam, he was signed to uh, the big tall dude, Skeen Dollar. Skeen Dollar had thing on top records, whatever, right? So, boom, I'm outside of Def Jam, small ass, even though New York is a big city, but it's a small city at the same time because you're going to run into people you know. So, I ran into my cousin's cousin outside of Def Jam, and he was with his producer. They're passing out CDs. We're passing out CDs. We're kicking it, right? We see Skane walk up. We see Skane walk up, and I was going to rap for him. I ended up, I got kind of a little kind of nervous or whatever, right? He was supposed to come back downstairs. He had to go upstairs. One of his mans, I worked for the label. Came down back downstairs to talk to us. I spit for the dude. He said, You should have rapped for Skane. Um, I'm gonna give you Skane number. He was like, You need to talk to him directly face to face. I actually spoke to Skane over the, the phone. <clears throat> we were supposed to schedule a meeting and everything like that, but it didn't really happen. But that was an opportunity that I kind of missed out on. Had I rapped for Skane face to face, I probably would have put myself in a different tier and left the independent side of music. And I would have probably been at that level of really being in the Dev Jam building, boom, boom, boom. Maybe, maybe not. But I would have caught more attention or whatever. And this is what I'm talking about. When we get these opportunities, do not be afraid to take a chance. So speaking from experience, in my personal life, I went through a lot of different things that had me discouraged for what what was going to be the next level. I I had started my company last year, Corporate Entertainment LLC. Um, I was fully, fully going hard with it, then life shit happened, which life things always happen, but some life shit happened that really pushed me back. And it put me in a, a, a place where I felt like I was stuck. I, I really emotionally, I felt like I was in a jail cell. And me being a hardworking grinder that I've always been, I literally looked at my life and I said, I don't know what the next uh, level is going to be. I don't know what the next step is going to take. Then boom, uh, my mother passes away. That just kind of had me ready to quit everything. After that, the pandemic happens. Now, not only am I fucked up in life, the whole world is fucked up. We're all feeling pain from everybody. Pain is coming from this way. I have friends that die from it. I have coworkers that die from it. I have friends and family of friends that who got sick, they die. A couple of my mans, they mothers die from it. So we're all, this, this, this pain and agony is trickling down. This shit is a domino effect. It, it, a lot of, I was reading, not to get off subject, but I was reading that a lot of people, the depression rates are higher since this pandemic happened or whatever in late March, <clears throat> early uh, April, whatever. 
This shit is real. So while all of this happening, me being, I, I, I'm the type of person, I pray before I go to bed. I pray when I wake up. I pray when I get in my car, right? I might not live on the best path in life, but I'm a very faithful person. I'm a very spiritual person. I believe in God. So about a handful of people um, that are very close to me, and thank y'all. I love y'all very much. Uh, between family and friends, about a handful of people came to me after everything transpired. Um, I was working in the airline industry, and they all came to me, and they said, what are you going to do? You know what's funny? Every conversation I had with them, I felt that what are you going to do a question coming. It was like a buildup. Like I just knew the shit was going to come. So they would all ask me, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? That was like the main question I kept getting from all of them. And I gave all of them the same exact answer. Every time they asked me what I'm going to do, I said, I'm leaving it in God's hands. And every time I, I, I answered that question and I said, I'm leaving it in God's hands, I actually did that. So you can't you can't just say I'm leaving it in God's hands and then you go out and try to like fix the shit yourself. You can't do that. You're actually gonna block your blessing for trying that. And I'm and I'm telling you know why I say that? Because I've done that shit. I've actually said before in the past, I'm leaving it in God's hands. Then I said an hour or two later, I'm gonna do it this way. And it all went to shambles. Everything crumbled. So every time these people would come to me and they would say, What are you gonna do? And I said, I'm leaving it in God's hands. God opened another door for me. I'm leaving it in God's hands. God opened another door. I was working. I was working, grinding. The the pandemic happens. I'm in the airline industry. I was get cut. Thank God that um people didn't get um uh, laid off and furloughed like other airlines. So I was got cut. Boom. <clears throat> I can't. My, my rent is due. My car note is due. Boom, boom, boom. Leaving it in God's hands. We getting six hundred dollars a week. Uh, unemployment. That shit helped. Just like every other American. Boom. Get a stim stimulus check. That shit helped. Boom, boom, boom. I was picked back up. Boom, boom, boom. Um, people are saying, yo, you work at the airport, man. You people, mind you, airport, people get sick. I worked at the airport, went through, through this pandemic. I worked at the airport through H1N1, Ebola, fucking SARS, uh, the bird flu, all through all through that shit, right? I can honestly say this was the scariest one. Like, like when when the when the swan flu shit happened, I yeah, I was I was kind of afraid. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Thank God I lived through it. But this shit kind of scared me. And, and and like I said, I lived through the other ones. This to to be working, doing a service that's connected directly to the public, and there's hundreds of other employees walking past you every day, and you personally know some of them that are getting sick, that are quarantining, that are dying. It's gonna fuck with you. It's absolutely gonna fuck with you. So all these doors kept opening. And then I told myself, all right, all these doors are opening. I kind of need to do something else. I want to go to another level. Then I feel like God spoke to me. And I'm, I'm not trying to get religious on y'all. I'm really not. All I'm doing, all I'm doing is giving y'all my testimony. And I'm giving y'all what happened on the personal side of my life. So, like I said, Steve Harvey said, we'll get to the top of the mountain, but we are afraid to jump off. Ben, I was at one company for 13 years. And for 13 years, I seen people come and go. I seen people get fired. I seen people quit and go live their dreams. I seen people quit and try to live their dreams and go too early. So I've had multiple conversations with other people throughout the years. And they will all say, yo, when you going to quit that job? Fuck that. Go pursue music. Go boom, boom, boom. I, to I told a dude one time, I knew a dude from South Jersey. And he said, yo, you, you need to quit that job. Go do your music shit. I said, you can't do music shit without money, dog. It don't happen. And the last thing I was about to do was go sign my whole fucking life away to somebody just to be able to do it for free. That's, that shit was not happening. So 
all these years, I've seen people come and go. I've seen people, I knew a dude that worked for a TV company that was an engineer and he was grinding his ass off. He was going to Manhattan from like seven in the morning to four in the afternoon, <clears throat> uh, uh, mixing down TV shows right after they um, filmed it, going to JFK where we was at, working from like six uh, to 12 in the, on the uh, uh, night. You know what I mean? And I respect shit like that. And I remember having a conversation with that guy and he said at a certain point he was exhausted. He knew it was time to make a he knew it was time to make a choice. He knew it was time to take a leap of faith. He loved his job at the airport, but he loved engineering more. And he loved engineering so much, he left the airport job and pursued that full time. Even though he was doing it full time, but that was his only gig. And he said he was gonna put his best foot forward and rock the fuck out. So I seen so many people. Uh, throughout all of these years, go, quote unquote, live their dream. Some of it failed. And that was a fear for me. Like I said, fear, I said a while back, it has the ability to hurt other people. It also has the ability to hurt yourself. So I got to a point in life and I said, you know what? <clears throat> this pandemic happened, working for people and having my livelihood in, in a, uh, the hands of a business owner is not going to work for me. I said, that shit is not going to work for me. Also, not only is it not going to work for me right now, it's dangerous for me to be going to work at an airport and coming home. I loved the company and I loved the people I was working with. I quit. And what I did before I actually quit, I weighed all my options. I prayed. I weighed all my options. I literally sat and wrote down pros and cons on a fucking loosely paper. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Listen, I got the ugliest fucking handwriting in the world. My handwriting is so ugly, the shit look like calligraphy, dog. I kid you not. So I sat down. I wrote down my pros and cons. And I said, boom, boom, boom. I'll do this. I'll do that. Um, I was living in Jersey. I had moved from Brooklyn to Jersey. I was in Jersey for four years, right? Had the same crib. Um, I hit my landlord up. I, you know, things were going bad at my job already because of everything going on. Spoke to my landlord. My landlord was so cool. She let me out of my, my lease. So she let me out of my lease. Um, I left two months early, packed all my shit and moved to North Carolina. I moved to a city about an hour from Charlotte and I took the last set of money that I had. Uh, I got an office. I put a, a, a couple months down for the rent for the office. I said, I'm going to move my company, corporate entertainment. I'm going to do my podcast out of this office. And that's exactly what the fuck is going on. And I took that chance and I'm so happy that I did it. I literally have, I haven't had this much of a breath of fresh air in years because working for a company, working for a big company can be one of the stressful, most stressful things in life. You have to worry about being on time. You have to worry about compliance. You have to worry about not getting sick and calling out. You have to worry about your kids not getting sick and having to take off. You have to worry about someone picking them up for you when you're unavailable. Uh, working outside, you have to worry about rain, sleet, snow, the heat, things like that. I appreciate what that company did for me, but my time was up. So in life, when you know your t- when you know your time is up, do not wear your welcome out any longer. Pack the fuck up and go do what you got to do. Because if you stay any longer, shit is going to crumble. Do not, do not be afraid to take that chance. I don't care if taking a chance is for the job you're at. You want to upgrade and be a supervisor, take that chance. You want to be a manager, take that chance. You want to go to another department, you take that chance. If there is a, 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 a person that you like, that you have feelings for, 
and you've liked this person for months, for years or whatever, and you know that person can be right in your life and you can do right by that person, take that chance. You better shoot that shot and hit a motherfucking three-pointer because at the end of the day, if you don't, somebody else will. Then you're going to be looking back years from now like, damn, you know what? I had this opportunity and I didn't take it. Jit, it's the boy Product. This is episode six of the Life of Product podcast. I'm out, baby. Deuces.